Hey there, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you with me today as we will be diving into the numbers, the cost of doing business. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. Before we get started on that, I wanted to give you guys a little life update and just touch base on some things. So we're coming out of my in-laws visiting and rolling straight into my dad visiting, and I'm really excited. We absolutely love having friends and family visit. Those of you who know, we're originally from the Pacific Northwest, so we're about 3,000 miles from any of our family, so whenever they fly over here or we're able to go home to visit, it is amazing especially with having our sweet daughter, getting to watch her interact and just hang out and build relationships with our family is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So it's nice to have them come visit and us touch base and do things like that. So we're very blessed for that. So we're kind of coming out of and then into that again. We have a night in between the two visits to kind of recoup which means washing the sheets, changing the bed, getting the towels and the bathrooms cleaned and ready to go, and then just rolling into the next visit, which again, super excited to my dad visit. It'll be very, very wonderful. And then I want to also give you guys a quick update on affiliate marketing. I have another episode coming here in the next couple of weeks so that you guys can kind of join me along the journey and see where we're at with it because it's just a new endeavor that we wanted to try and I really wanted to bring you along with us. And then the other thing I'm going to say is that I don't recommend this, but I am recording this episode in my bed tonight. I am generally pretty firm on specific areas and specific times for certain things, meaning that the bed and the bedroom is our place to rest and relax and the office space is where, you know, I get work done. I think setting very clear boundaries like that is super beneficial, but unfortunately we can't be perfect all the time. So tonight I am recording from my bed and honestly, it's not all bad. I've got a heating pad on my back, a couple pillows. I've got the setup going on. So it's working out just fine. Anyways, I want to dive into our subject today, which is the numbers, the cost of doing business. Have you ever wondered how a small business decides what to charge? Or if you are a small business, been like, how the heck am I supposed to come up with my pricing? Well, latch onto this cost of doing business, CODB. There is, you guessed it, a cost of doing business, and this is going to be a key factor in setting yourself up for success when you're pricing your products or services. So incorporate the cost of doing business into your pricing is crucial for ensuring profitability and sustainability. So today we're going to dive into four ways that you can accomplish this. Let's dive in. Calculate your overhead costs. Determine all the indirect costs associated with running your business. 
This with these would be things like rent, utilities, insurance, equipment, software, hardware, marketing expenses, administration costs, anything that costs you money to run your business. Now, my suggestion would be writing these all out. Just make a big list. Hey, we all know I'm a list maker. Make a big list, write everything out, write out what the item is and what it costs you. And that's going to be your starting point. Then you're going to divide these costs by your projected sales volume to get an overhead cost per unit or per service. Incorporating this cost into your pricing structure will allow you to ensure that each sale covers a portion of your fixed expenses. We personally don't have like a studio or an office space, so we don't technically have rent, but we do write off a certain square footage of our home because we utilize it as an office space. Well, this would be one of those scenarios when you can write down the rent or mortgage for that and incorporate it into your cost of doing business. Now, you, again, like us, might not have an office space, but it can be important to project what that would cost because number one, you are paying for it, whether it's coming out of your personal budget because it's your mortgage or it's coming out of your finances for your business. Either way, plan for it, be intentional with it. And then insurance, we pay annually. So, you know, that's a pretty simple one. Equipment can be a little challenging because like if you were to break something, you don't necessarily know that you need to plan on buying like a new piece of equipment each year. Um, But this will go into our fourth point that I'll discuss in a few minutes here. Um, But really just any indirect costs associated with running a business. Now, if you're a wedding planner, you might have some miscellaneous props that you bring to every wedding just because like maybe your clients often forget it or something like that. Incorporate that into this. So just things like that that are very indirect but (laughs) substantial because they do add up. So once you get this whole list made, that's when you're going to start trying to project your sales and figure out your overhead cost per unit. Now, here's the tricky thing. Your cost of doing business generally is not going to change in this specific scenario in this moment. However, as you play with the numbers, you might change your projected sales volume. So for me over the years, I have played with it a lot because each year it kind of depends on how much money I want to make versus how much work I want to put in. So if I limit my wedding photography clients per year to 10, and I know that I'm 100% okay with just booking 10, and that's my number, that's my goal, that's what we're at, okay, then I can play with the numbers. And then let's say that I want to make X amount of money, you can factor it pretty easily. But when it comes to my portrait sessions, it's a little bit harder for me to project exactly how many I want to do and obviously how many that I will get. So you want to run these numbers and then play with them a little bit. Maybe say that you're going to take seven weddings instead of 10. Or what does it look like if you take 15 weddings instead of 10? Like how much does that change? Now for me, In years past, I've always taken on 10 wedding clients per year, and that greatly affects how much I'm going to charge per those weddings. Um, And then anything over that 10 is kind of sort of just a bonus because I've already accounted for my fixed expenses with that projected sales volume. So hopefully you guys are still tracking with me. It's kind of a lot to take in, but this is a very nitty gritty, nose to the grind sort of thing that you got to factor in. 
So the next point would be considering the direct costs. So we just talked about the indirect costs associated with it. The direct costs would be more like um, materials, labor, shipping, any other expenses that are directly associated with your product or service. It's anything directly associated with fulfilling the customer order. So that could potentially be childcare. Like for me, once we had a child and I had to pay for a babysitter, it, you know, has to be factored into my cost of doing business because number one, childcare is not cheap. But number two, I couldn't just take my kid along to the photo sessions or to a wedding. So I had to incorporate that. Now, if a session falls on a weekday when I already have childcare, then I don't factor it in. I really am just looking at the weekend because either way, I mean, I work full time, so it's not technically a cost of doing business to put her in daycare Monday through Friday. So again, I'm just looking at the weekends for childcare, but I do have to account for that cost because it's directly impacts the service that I can offer. And again, this is where you can kind of find the differential between the indirect and the direct cost. Indirect would be a website. I have to have a website so people can find me. It doesn't matter if 500 people book me or five people book me. I have to have a website, so it's indirect. However, it does affect my cost of doing business. If I do 500 sessions and I have to pay for a babysitter 500 times so I can book those 500 sessions, or it's a lot less if I only book five sessions. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about the direct and indirect costs of doing business and how they're going to hit you. Another way to think about it would be operational costs versus capital. Capital is an overhead. It's just going to be there. That's what you have to do. A website is a capital expense. Your equipment is a capital expense. Marketing and administrative costs or, or team member salaries, those are all going to be capital. Now, depending on the organization you're with, technically, salaries could fall under operations um, because you need more or less people based on your operations. So that one's, I I guess, I, I would be interested in hearing an argument for either side. But the point is, is like administrative costs equivalently should be accounted for in your indirect costs. And then direct costs, again, are going to be that labor, like maybe a wedding. If you're a photographer, the labor is a lot more intensive for editing afterwards comparatively to like a portrait session. Or like alterations might be very much different for a wedding dress that's like huge and princess style if you're you know a bridal shop um, comparatively to a more simplistic one like just things like that to keep in mind because those are going to be very direct very specific to the individual now if you're a product-based business a great example of a direct Um, costs would be shipping. So if someone buys a huge item from you, it's obviously going to directly impact you based on how much that shipping is. And it's going to cost a lot more if it's a heavier item versus a lighter item, right? So I think you guys get the idea with that. But ultimately, you want to calculate the cost per unit or per service and then add it to your pricing accordingly. So for us with KMP, Katie Marie Photography, we price by the hour for any portrait sessions and then our wedding packages and event packages are based on the event per se with my hourly rate incorporated into there as well. So for us, we keep it pretty simple and it's not like you get a discount if you book like more hours or less hours because 
either way, I'm still doing the same amount of work. And so that's just how we incorporate it. I will say we do offer a 10% active military discount um, just because I really want to make sure that I'm giving back to those who have served for us and whatnot. But outside of that, I don't really offer very many discounts, if at all. And then the next point that I want to make is factoring in your desired profit margin. So you want to determine the profit margin that you want to achieve for your business. This is the amount that you intend to make on top of note that on top of covering your costs. So consider the risks, the market conditions, and the industry standards when setting your profit margin. Add this percentage or amount to the total cost, the overhead and direct costs, to arrive at your final pricing. So you're going to take your indirect, your direct, and your profit margin, boom, put them together, we're there, we made it, you've priced yourself. But the other thing that you want to do is account for the unseen. So expenses and contingencies. You always got to have a plan B. You always want to plan for a worst case scenario and arrive at the best case, right? So it's important to anticipate unexpected costs and build them into your pricing. These can include things like emergency repairs, legal fees, regulatory compliances, even economic downturns, right? So we got to be planning for anything. Set aside a portion of your revenue as a contingency fund to help handle these expenses and ensure your pricing structures account for them. So for me, we price our wedding photography in a way that we know we can still make some profit if I do have to outsource to an associate photographer, because God forbid I go into labor. I'm not pregnant right now, but when I was pregnant, I go into labor or I sprain my ankle or whatever the case. So you want to make sure that you're ready for that and you do have funds set aside for that. And then also you want to make sure that, and I mentioned it earlier, you want to make sure that like, what if you drop your camera and you have to buy a new one? Or what if your lens malfunctions? Or what if, you know, you're a videographer and your gimbal or whatever breaks? Like there's so many different things. So you want to be prepared for that, especially as a professional business. It is so important to make sure that you are professional through and through. And that means having a backup plan so that your your clients can trust and know that they're safe with you. So again, calculate your overhead, your indirect costs, your direct costs, and your desired profit margin and then also plan for the unforeseen and what might come up. Remember that pricing is not a one-time decision. Regularly review and adjust your prices to reflect changes in costs, market conditions, and heck, your competition. By incorporating the costs of doing business into your pricing, you can ensure that your business remains financially stable and profitable for the long run. So two other things that I want to hit on is that you can also do a competitive analysis and value-based pricing. Pricing. So doing a competitive analysis, you should conduct a thorough analysis of your competitors' pricing strategies. So for some, that might just be going online and seeing what they're charging, right? Compare their pricings, their value propositions, and the quality of their offerings with yours. And honestly, you can keep it to yourself. You can be as humble as you want. But know in the back of your mind, like, be honest with yourself. If you are if you look at someone's work and you're like, dang, they charge that? I'm 10 times better. Own that. Take up space and own it. That is so important. You have to be honest with yourself. And if their quality is better, strive to be more like them and really add that value to your quality. 
but just just this will just help you understand where your business stands in the market and how your pricing should be positioned. It's going to be research and it's going to take time. And I'm telling this to myself because I am not a fan of doing a lot of research, but it's so important. Then you can consider whether you want to compete on price, offer a premium for pricing for added value, or take a middle ground approach. Your pricing should most definitely align with the value you provide while also considering your cost of doing business. Take into account how your pricing compares to similar businesses to ensure you remain competitive while covering your costs. Now, one thing I want to mention here, because early, early on in my photography career, there was this girl, I used to know her, I would never consider us friends, but like I used to know her and she reached out and asked me how much I charged and all these things. And I just open book gave it all to her. Well, I've heard a lot of people think that that's super unprofessional to just reach out and say, how much do you charge? But as long as the person's intention is fine, I really don't mind. I list my pricing for KMP on my website. And even for Katie and Co, our virtual assisting firm, we have our pricing listed. We have a pricing page. So we're very, very transparent in that. And not everybody agrees with that structure. Not everybody likes that transparency. But for me, it's out there. It's an open book. And that's something I love to do. Obviously, I have this podcast. I love to educate others. However, if that individual takes that information and then tries to undercut you, that's on them. Don't let them bring you down. Don't let that affect you. Just keep your head up and keep moving because like, that's what this person did. And it was frustrating in the time. Looking back, I'm still a professional business 10 years later and she's not. So there's that for you. But I'm no worse for wear. I I did what I felt called to do. I shared my information. I was transparent. And that's what it is. But just don't do it with a negative sort of stigma that you're trying to undercut somebody. Don't do it if you know that you just want to beat somebody out in your community and you're going to use it poorly. I don't suggest doing that. Stay away if you can't handle it maturely, right? And then the other thing that I want to say is value-based pricing. So this one's going to be instead of solely focusing on your costs, consider the value your product or service delivers to the customers. So value-based pricing takes into account the perceived benefits and outcomes that customers gain from using your offerings. Identify the unique value propositions and advantages your business provides, such as quality, convenience, expertise, exceptional client services, whatever the case is. We do this a lot with Katie and Co. because we are offering virtual assistance, but at a quality that like people can't compete with. I am literally wanting you to grow your business and I want to help. I can't continue to open up new businesses all the time because my bandwidth is only so much, right? And my mental capacity has its limits. So with Katie and Co, the whole goal in it was to be able to take what we've learned on running our business and offer it to other small businesses so that they can make an impact and be successful too. That is not just out there. That is a value. That is a service. That is a convenience. That is an expertise that we are offering that's invaluable. So we know our cost of doing business and we know what our profit margin is and how much we want to make. And guess what? 
we tack on a little more because value-based pricing is so important when you offer a service like this. You want to make sure that when you're pricing your products or services like this, that you are taking into account the value that the customer receives. So again, I wholeheartedly believe that our VA clients get exceptional, amazing service. And honestly, we could probably afford to price it a little bit higher. And I am proud of that. I'm proud that we're able to make our profit margins. We're able to do what we want. We're able to do that value-based pricing while still being competitive in some regards. So it's super helpful to kind of have this mindset. And maybe you don't see the value in yourself. Maybe you feel like you're just one in another photographer and it's not a big deal. Don't let that thought win. Kick it out, get rid of it, and find your worth, find your value, and charge accordingly. This approach will allow you to capture a fair share of value that you deliver, which then can often exceed your costs and then increase your profitability. So, Those are just two additional little key takeaways because I want to make sure that you're actually making money, right? I see so many people start out strong and think they're doing amazing in their business, but they're just not priced right. And so it's not sustainable. So after a year or two, they have to call it quits because they can't keep up with the number of clients they have to take on in order to make ends meet because they didn't price themselves well enough. When really they could just bump up their pricing, cover their expenses, and actually make some profit and maybe stick with it longer because they're not going to get as burned out. So just a couple, you know, things to think about when you are planning your pricing. Lastly, by conducting that competitive analysis and adopting that value-based pricing approach, you can further refine your pricing strategy and ensure that your prices articulate and reflect the cost of doing business while aligning with your overall value that you provide for those customers. So for us, I'm honestly not the cheapest photographer, but I'm not the most expensive either. But when it comes to weddings, I know that I'm going to be generally more expensive than others because I take such a small amount of wedding clients on per year. But I know I have that added value because From square one, I am attentive and I go in with a service-based mindset. I want to serve my clients. I want to serve my couples. I want to love on them. I want to take the time to talk with them. I just, I don't want to be stressed. I want to deliver their photos in a timely fashion, even though weddings can be a huge, huge editing challenge in some regards because generally we take way more photos at weddings than I do at like a portrait session or whatever the case. And so I limit that number, but I don't want to limit it to 10 and only make, you know, X amount of money. I want to make good money too. So I have to price myself accordingly, but then it adds that value. We also take the time to help with timeline assistance and vendor referrals and all these other things that aren't necessarily quantifiable in regards to my cost of doing business. That one just comes down to time and labor. And again, it creates an added value. So as I mentioned, I think it's hugely beneficial to sit down, be honest with yourself and figure out your cost of doing business so that you can price yourself accordingly. With that being said, last summary, because I feel like I've summarized it a couple times now, but calculate your overhead costs, consider your direct costs, Factor in your desired profit margin and plan for the unforeseen and contingencies. And you can always take an approach of 
competitive analysis and or a value-based pricing system so that you can continue to run a business for years to come because it's sustainable and profitable. Guys, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was with this and how you're going to write out those lists and get your CODB in the works because I'm here for it. I'm cheering you on and I can't wait to see what you do with your business. So guys, until next time, keep on diving in.